Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers, where we have made it to the season one finale. It's called Founders Day. We know why. What an episode. Just what an episode. And personally, I'm pretty excited by this episode because I think this is the episode out of everything that we've watched so far, where I have had the most theories either get confirmed or get seemingly confirmed. I had a lot of wins in this episode. Not all of them were actually wins. Some of those predictions, I was really mad that they came true, but it was pretty exciting all in all. Yeah, this is how you end a season of a TV show. The stakes are up. Everything is going crazy. Everyone is being affected by something or another. And you end on a crazy, crazy cliffhanger moment. I mean, you can't do it better than Julie Plack. She did it great. So I'll read the Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis, as always, of season one, episode 22, Founders Day. The town gets ready for the Founders Day celebration, which is the anniversary of the founding of the town. With period costumes, Civil War reenactments, and parades with floats, the town will also be filled with grief when someone dies. Meanwhile, secrets will be revealed about the big event that connects the town back to 1864. I don't think that's true. Finally, an unexpected someone comes back to Mystic Falls with a devious plot up their sleeves. See, if I had read that summary, I would have immediately been like Catherine. I know that's why you can't read the wiki synopsis, because that is for people who are big time fans have seen the show. The Netflix synopsis keeps it much more vague. You know, they basically were like, it's craziness. And it was indeed craziness in a lot of ways. I was scared to watch this. (laughs) And you should have been. Yeah, I had a reason to. So let's dive right in. So we open the episode in kind of sepia tones as Stefan and Elena are getting dressed in the present day. It's supposed to be kind of a gotcha moment that we think it's 1864, but actually it's 2010. We're not fools. We see Paul Wesley's hair is too modern, but we know it's Founders Day. They're setting the scene. Yeah, getting ready for the parade where everyone is dressed up. So then we go over to the parade where everyone's arriving. We've got quite a clash of the world's sluttiest cheerleading uniforms and like full ass Confederate uniforms. Yeah, it's really every single type of outfit is on display here. Mrs. Lockwood is in charge. She's directing people. And at this point, Stephanie, you said, I don't think Mrs. Lockwood's going to make it to this episode. Yeah, I, I said she's in trouble, sweetie. And she was in some trouble. She's certainly not out of trouble, but we'll get there. And then Stefan and Damon run into each other. Stefan is in his 1864 drag and Damon is in his present day drag. Stefan's like, why are you even here? And Damon's like, look, the invention is useless. Isabel's gone. It's Founders Day. Like, he's like, I love Founders Day. I'm ready to party, babe. It's, like, it's time to celebrate. He said, I'm here to eat cotton candy and steal your girl. Vibes. And Stefan says, don't start. <laughs> so Damon is clearly, I mean, he's leaning into the humor. Damon is clearly excited that he's making Stefan insecure. And so he's just joking around a lot, also because he got exposed for obviously being in love with Elena. So he's kind of trying to downplay that. Yeah, he's making jokes about it to be like, aha, it's so funny that I would be in love with Elena. Like, is that so funny? And Stefan notably does not think it's funny. Stefan's not really involved with the joking, but also Stefan can clearly see what Damon's doing with the joking. So Damon's like, oh, you started it with your funny little speech. And Stefan's like, as long as you heard it. Stefan's not doing jokes. He's just like, hey, joke all you want, buddy. That's my girlfriend. I think because Stefan also knows like Damon is obviously just trying to fuck with Stefan. Damon loves to fuck with Stefan. And now he got new material to do it with. You can't really take it personally. I think Stefan does a good job showing that to Damon, although I think he is a little bit 
insecure. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly insecure about it, but he's doing a good job of not projecting that insecurity to Damon because obviously Damon's going to take advantage of that. And Damon tells Stefan he has no sense of humor. And Stefan says, actually, I have no sense of Damon humor. Fair enough. Stefan's really quipping back at Damon these days. Yeah, he's finally building up enough to like throw a couple punches himself. I mean, Damon's punches are a little stronger most of the time, but Stefan does win a couple of these. Yeah. Damon says, look, I know you're worried because with Catherine out of the picture, you're worried I'm going to turn all my attention to Elena and I'm the hotter, superior choice. Damon and Stefan both agree. They're like, well, Elena's not Catherine, so. As if on cue. Which it was on cue because it's a TV show. Yeah, here she comes in her period dress and her curly hair. You know, she might as well be Catherine in that moment. I know, then she curtsies at them and smirks. I mean, she is giving Catherine. Damon wasn't ready for this. Damon's already like, okay, I'm dealing with being in love with Elena. That's a whole thing. But then he was like, so then we cut over to the Gilbert house where Jeremy's getting dressed up in his little Confederate outfit and Anna sneaks in. He's like, oh my God, I've been so worried. I feel so awful. And Anna says like, well, you didn't kill my mom. Your uncle did. So we get confirmation that she knows. It's not a huge leap. There are only some people that would have killed Pearl at that point, but it's good to know that she knows. Yeah, she doesn't have any proof, but she's basically like, who else would have? Which is exactly true. No one else would have. Yeah, no one had the need. And Jeremy takes this opportunity to kind of defend John. Not really, but he's like, look, I know it's upsetting, but like, I understand why John is behaving this way. He thinks all vampires are evil. I don't agree with him, but that's what he thinks. And I don't really know what he thinks that's going to do for this conversation. This does read as like straight up defending him, which like, it's not, but it's too much. Any leaning in that direction is like not really the vibe right now. Like her mom did just die. Yeah, and Anna's like, I understand that your uncle hates vampires who want revenge. Whatever. Me and my mom did not want revenge. We were separate from everyone. Yeah, like my mom was just trying to build her life back after getting like years and years taken away from her. And so this conversation obviously isn't going well. So Anna says, look, I have to leave town. I am happy to take you with me. I will turn you. I know you want to. You can turn off humanity if you want to. Here's a vial of my blood. Yeah, she's like, you know, if you die with this in your system, like you'll get turned. And then Jeremy's like, I'm honestly not sure I want to turn off my humanity anymore. I don't think I can do that. And so she leaves because that's like, she's like, I don't have fucking time for this. I'm leaving this fucking town. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? She was like, finally, I agreed to turn this guy and he and now he won't turn. This is just another example of the second you get an inkling you should leave town, you should leave. Yeah, but she notably leaves the vial of blood with him. That vial of blood will come up again later. A real Chekhov's vial of blood. Exactly. <laughs> So then we go over to the parade where Stefan has told Elena that they're pretty sure John is her father. Was this the best time? I don't know. I think he was right to be like, I wanted to tell you before Damon told you in an inappropriate way, which to be fair, Damon might have gone up to Elena and tried to get ahead of her and been like, yeah, I told Stefan, did he not tell you yet? So this, I guess, is kind of the smartest move Stefan can do right now. Get it out in the open. But I think it is also kind of showing that Stefan is feeling a little insecure because he wants to be the one to like give her that news and like comfort her about it. Which is exactly what Damon wanted him to do. So he is being played like a violin. Well, quite a chess game from both of them. I think this is the right move, but this is also the move Damon wanted him to make. Uh, it, it doesn't make it the wrong move for sure. And I think, you know, it's good that she has this information going into this day and evening. Yeah. Um, that is a crucial bargaining chip yeah later in the episode Stefan wouldn't have been able to drop it on her he would have been like oh you know what you should do you should tell him uh that 
you're his daughter because by the way I think you are or he would have been like hey John let her through because she's your daughter and Elena would have been like what (laughs) so this was the absolute best time for sure but as good as the timing is Elena is completely upset to hear this news she says all my life I haven't liked this man kind of an awkward line but you know it's true Nina does her best to sell it but I think it's just the funniest thing that like she's never liked this uncle She's like, I'm not really ready to confront him. I have enough problems with the family I actually care about. Yeah. She's like, look, I don't want to deal with him. I already don't like him. So like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Elena's like, honestly, right now, I'm more concerned about Jeremy, who hates me and I think will never forgive me. And Stefan's like, I mean, he will, but okay. Yeah. Stefan's like, you've seen me forgive Damon for some pretty crazy shit. Like, let's all remember where we're at. Yeah. What Elena did to Jeremy is pretty small potatoes compared to like everything else. And we've seen Jeremy privately say to like Anna that he is probably going to forgive Elena. So as the audience, the stakes aren't that high. But of course, for Elena, they are. Well, it just hurts Elena because she already felt bad about it. And so now to see like this worst case scenario come out, they'll make up. Well, they might have bigger problems on their plates pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah, Jeremy's going to have different issues at the end of this episode. but We'll get there. So then we check in with Matt and Caroline and Bonnie and Tyler. They're all taking photos. Caroline is posing for pictures with Matt. She tells him to... Hide his cast because it's not era appropriate. (laughs) And she's right. I'm sorry. She's Miss Mystic Falls. She should have an accurate photo. This is going to be her photo for the rest of her life. Yeah. And then Tyler approaches in his Confederate uniform. And like they're all wearing Confederate uniforms, which I get. Jeremy at least had the good sense to look like a dead Confederate soldier. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Tyler looked very put together. He said, I will not not look hot. In the parade, he puts on like a tourniquet, but that's it. But it's more of like an accessory. Yeah. (laughs) And so Tyler offers to take a picture for them. Matt is like still mad at Tyler. He like glares at him and walks away. And Tyler says to Caroline, like, I said I was sorry. And Caroline says, you made out with his mom and then beat him up. You're going to have to do a little bit better than sorry. Which, fair point. I think you should get over it, whatever. So then we check in with Jeremy and Elena. She like goes over and kind of butters him up a little bit. And he's like, please go away. He's like, I literally hate you. He's basically like, something like this isn't just going to get fixed with you apologizing. Fair enough. And she knows that. But, you know, apologizing is really the only thing she can do right now. What else does he want her to do? Yeah, since he won't let her talk to him. Like, this is kind of the option. I mean. Yeah, so they're still fighting. So then we watch the Founders Day Parade. Mrs. Lockwood is announcing all the floats. We see the marching band. They're having a great time. The Battle of Willow Creek float goes by. Tyler pretends to shoot Jeremy. They're having a lot of fun. They're acting it out. They're hamming it up for the crowd. You yeah, know? they're performing. Then we see the piece de resistance, the Miss Mystic Falls float, especially our very own Miss Mystic Falls, Caroline Forbes. And it's and so funny. Amber Bradley did not get to make it on the float. Yeah, Amber Bradley is notably not on the float. <laughs> they did their bit letting a founding a non-founding family into the pageant. And I also love that they just put Caroline and Elaine at the top two steps. And they said, oh, and here are the fells. Yeah, they said this is first and second place. They're all waving at the crowd and Bonnie waves at Caroline and Elena. They smile at each other. And then Damon steps in front of Bonnie and waves like flirtily at Elena and Elena and Stefan. The smiles could not leave their faces faster. Yeah, they're just like, ugh. then Bonnie turns to Damon and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm just watching the parade. And then he goes up to her and he says, look, I don't take what you did lightly. Thank you for saving my life. Bonnie doesn't trust the earnestness coming from Damon. Which, you know, why should she? Yeah, I don't blame her. And she says, well, you know, I did it for Elena. And he says, I know, but I'm grateful to you all the same. 
and I owe you one. And it's nice and sincere and nice that he's like taking the time to say that because he knows he and Stefan have complicated Bonnie's life greatly and he's, she didn't do it, but it would have been very nice if she had. And so it's still nice to thank her. And also Damon knows like, because he's now like, okay, well, I guess it's out there that I'm in love with Elena. So I'm going to have to deal with this eventually and kind of put down boots. I think he's like, well, I better kind of repair this little relationship on, on this long path I foresee. Yeah. Damon says, you know, if I want to be Elena's lover, I do have to get with her friends. Yeah. Here's a question. Do you think Bonnie and Damon will always have this combative relationship? I don't think she'll necessarily ever be like Damon's my ally, but she'll be like, as long as he serves her, she'll keep him on her side. Yeah, it's a very case by case basis with witches, it seems. They are very much like, look, we'll do this because it's productive. I think she may come around on Damon. I think she's going to have to at some point because obviously her and Elena are going to stay friends. Well, that's not obvious. They don't have to stay friends. I feel like they will. I feel like these three girls are friends for life. I don't want to say that she's ever going to like like Damon and think he's like a great person, but she'll come around on like the positives of him in some way or another. And then the football float drives by who canonically have not played a game since episode three when Tanner died. They forfeited like minimum 75% of their games and they still got a float. I guess they, they really only had a tractor trailer with hay on it. So they didn't get a nice float. It's kind of nice of the town to let them have a float, even though they haven't played a game, but like, are there other sports teams at this school? And no offense, how hard can it be to find a high school football coach? Apparently pretty hard. Well, they wasted all their money hiring Alaric for the history <laughs> teacher. They're like, oh, we meant to mention this in the interview and before we offered you the job, but could you coach football too? And he said, hell no. He said, I'm busy. He said, I've got um, a lot of hobbies that I have to keep up with. Get like a couple alumni or something. Like, it's not a big deal. Your team isn't carrying the school at this point. Well, they probably could have gotten Ben if he didn't get burned alive or had a daylight ring. If they had asked him earlier, maybe he would have said yes and not been a vampire, but no. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Anna went up to Ben and was like, hey, I'm going to turn you into a vampire, give you eternal life. He's like, oh, but I just got this sweet new gig as the Mystic Falls football coach. That's going to complicate So I, I actually am really busy right now. He's like, can you turn me at the end of the season? <laughs> She's like, no. no. I need you right now. I got to get in this doom. Anyway, so then we use the football float to lead us into the medical office of the late Dr. Grayson Gilbert. And in the medical office, we see John Gilbert and Mayor Lockwood chit-chatting. And John is explaining the device to Mayor Lockwood. And so this is where we first find out how it works. Once activated, it will work once for five minutes. Is that the best invention you could have come up with? But okay, it works one time. <laughs> Emily said, I'm giving you next to nothing because I don't want you thinking you invented something really amazing. Yeah. So we know that it will emit a high pitched frequency that humans can't hear and will incapacitate any vampire in a five block radius. The high pitched frequency. That was that was my brain, baby. I know you said it last episode and I was like, oh, wow. And I think this is interesting, too, because I was thinking the frequency was going to like straight up just kill them all at once. But no, it just incapacitates. And then their plan is to sh shoot them up with Vervain, bring them into some building and burn it down. Yeah. And at this time, they said, we're just going to they said we're going to finish them off. Did you think at the time that they were going to burn them? I didn't actually. I thought they were going to like bring them all and like stake them individually, yeah. which would have been a foolish they started plan. burning them. I was like, OK, this makes more sense. Yeah. Mayor Lockwood seems worried about this plan, mostly because it's a big risk and it relies on the fact that all the vampires are going to be in a five block radius at the time they use the device, obviously. 
And John says that he has a source from the tomb who confirmed the attack. So this is where it's very helpful that John helped all these people assimilate into society because they all trust him because he's connected with Isabel, who intrinsically is connected with Catherine, who the people in the tomb don't seem to like, but they know and they don't know anyone else because they've been alive. So the tomb people trust John kind of implicitly, which that's their mistake. He shouldn't have trusted him. Bad call. So then we check in at the tomb meeting. They're having a little, you know, play by play. They've drawn a, a diagram of the town square on the whiteboard. It was a few trees and everything. They got some deets in there. Yeah. And it's no one we know in this tomb meeting. It's just a bunch of randos we haven't seen because we didn't see any everyone from the tomb. Obviously, the guy who's in charge says, OK, the plan is we're going to join the celebration. We're going to blend in. They're passing out Mystic Falls Founder Day volunteer shirts. And he's like, and then when the fireworks start, we attack. Simple plan would have worked really well, actually, um, in a different world. And so we go back and forth now between Dr. Gilbert's office and the meeting of the tomb vampires. John says that he knows from his intel that the founding families are the target of this attack. I don't think you really needed intel for that, but sure. I know. And then we get confirmation. We go back to the tomb house and they're like, this is where the founding families are going to be. This is who we're attacking. (laughs) Yeah. There's no question in our minds. It's fair. I think the founding families do deserve to be attacked, given what happened with the tomb. You can't blame the tomb vampires for holding a grudge, even though these are not the people who put them in the tomb. Yeah, but they can't get revenge on the people who did. So this is the next best thing. Yeah. John is very confident about this plan. The mayor calls it a risk. And then we go back to see the tomb vampires and Anna walks in and it looks like she's like joining them. I got so scared. I was like, Jimmy defended John too much. Now she's like going against all of them. And then John says, this is the only way to kill them all. So then we cut over to the grill, of course. Post parade, during the celebration, Elena comes in in her contemporary outfit, a Henley with a vest, incredible look. You gotta love the way the girl can pull off a vest, a little micro vest. I mean, how is she doing it? I don't know. I'll tell you how. She's skinny. That's true. Fair enough, fair enough. And Damon goes up to her and he's like, I like you better like this. The period clothes don't suit you. And she was like, is that an insult? And he's like, no, it's actually a compliment. And he says, of the highest order, he is being awkward because his crush was exposed and now he's swinging too hard in the other direction. Because he is down bad. Yeah, this man is as down bad as they come. He's being a little sweetie. You gotta love that he's like this awkward. Yeah, I mean, because he's been doing the flirty thing for a while, but he's been able to hide behind the humor of it. And now he hasn't admitted anything to anyone, but it's out in the open that he's in love with Elena. So he's trying too hard to act normal. Or at least the possibility is out in the open. And that's really all you need to like reassess like anything he does. And Stefan clearly is like, so you're in love with Elena. So Damon knows he's not hiding it from Stefan. So it's only a matter of time before Elena is like. Yeah, he's like, oh, Stefan and Elena are probably talking about me. But he's hiding it. Yeah. And she says, listen, I know Stefan is worried about our friendship. And he was like, oh, did he say something to you too? And she said, no. Did he say something to you? And Damon's like, no. So Damon gets a little bit more confident here because he learns that not only did Stefan not say something to Elena, he didn't tell her that he talked to Damon about it. So he's insecure. And Elena says, so I think you should stop with the flirty little comments and the eye thing that you do. To which I say, the pot can't call the kettle black, Miss Elena. Yeah, she do be batting her eyelashes, but I think it's so funny because he's like, what eye thing? And then immediately does the eye thing. Hot boy behavior. Oh, he is a cutie. He is a cutie. And she says, don't make me regret being your friend. And he doesn't respond, but he looks at her longingly. 
there's some sparks there as always. Yeah. So now that she's checked that off her list, she walks over to Jeremy. Yeah, she's on a mission today. Founder's Day is busy. It's hard being the runner up for Miss Mystic Falls. <laughs> so she goes up to Jeremy and she says, hello, once again, I am sorry. And I would love to know what I can do to fix things. And Jeremy says, go to hell. <laughs> and Damon watches this interaction. He's none too pleased with it. So Jeremy kind of storms off and goes into the town square and Damon follows him. And he says, oh, I have so many emotions. I don't know what to do. And Jeremy calls him a dick. Fair enough on both ends. Yeah. And Damon basically says, you can't talk to me like that. I'm not your sister. And from now on, you're not going to talk to your sister like that either. You need to cut her some slack. A true king. I know. He's like, she was just protecting you. And Jeremy's like, she erased my memory. And Damon's like, no, I did. She was just trying to help you. And Jeremy's like, oh, what, are you going to kill me now? Because I heard Elena's feelings. <laughs> Which, maybe. <laughs> well, we'll fucking see, won't we? You want to keep testing it, buddy? Yeah, so Jeremy says, I'll make a scene. And Damon says, you'll be unconscious before you get a word out. So this is a conversation. No one's happy with the way this is going. Yeah, this is not fun for anyone. No one is reading the right message. And to Jeremy's credit, he's not backing down. Even though I'd be like, oh, this guy would kill me in a second. Well, I think Jeremy's hedging his bets. And I think this is a smart way to hedge his bets that he knows that Damon won't kill him because then Elena would be mad at him. Yeah, that is a that gives Jeremy a specific type of power. That's the power John thinks he has. Yeah, but no one cares about John. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's like, OK, that dude can die. Yeah. So then Stefan comes in and breaks it up because it's clearly, you know, getting it's about to get violent. And Stefan says what Damon is trying to say. Don't blame Elena. Damon turned Vicky and I killed her. I'm sorry it happened. I wish it hadn't, but it was to protect everyone. And it seems like when Jeremy, it seems like when he said Damon turned her, Jeremy kind of gave this look like what? And I was like, oh, he did not just blow up Damon's spot like that. But then Stefan said, I killed her. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. (laughs) He blew up both their spots. And we don't know how many of the explicit details were in Elena's journal, how much he really knew about like the actual. Like who did what, you know? Yeah. But it seems like he didn't know that Damon turned Vicky. I think he might have known that Stefan killed her, but. But Stefan wouldn't have had to kill her if Damon hadn't turned her. And Jeremy, like, hears this. And obviously he, like, understands where they're coming from. But he's still upset. So he said, well, she shouldn't have made me forget. And then he leaves. And they're like, "Okay, we try. Yeah. And Damon (laughs) says, good cop, bad cop. Cool. And Stefan's like, what the fuck are you doing? Stefan's like, I can't fucking stand you today. Why are you doing this to me? And this is the issue is Damon responds in this fun way to everything. I don't really know what Stefan was expecting. Stefan's basically like, this is about Elena's relationship with her brother. You need to stay out of it. You're not doing this for the right reasons. And Damon's like, oh, what exactly are the right reasons? And then Stefan really kind of blows up Damon's spot. Because he does give him all the right reasons. Stefan's like, the right reason is doing something right and not expecting anything in return. I know that's a foreign concept to you. All right, bye. So Stefan kind of wins this conversation pretty pretty heavy-handedly. Yeah, because Damon was not prepped with a response to that. I mean, even if he had come up with one in the next, like, 10 seconds, Stefan was already out the door. Well, because, to be honest, Damon was kind of going after Jeremy so that he would forgive Elena and then Elena would be thankful to Damon. I mean, it's pretty transparent what Damon's going for here. Well, it's interesting. This whole episode, Damon kind of has this almost hero complex about him. He's very much liking being like a hero and like helping people, which I think is new to him. Well, I think he clearly sees that 
that is something that Elena really likes about Stefan is that he does his best to do good even when it's hard for him. And even when it's a situation where like, there's not really a clear good answer, but like you're doing the best you can. And that's what Elena does too, is she's really trying to do good as much as possible. And I think Damon sees that and he's like, that's how I endear myself to her. That's how I endear myself to Stefan. Cause she wants, he wants them both on his side. Well, also I think he spent so much time like holding a grudge against Stefan and being like, you know what? I'm like so annoyed at him all the time. I'll be the bad brother. He'll be the good brother. And so I think meeting Elena has really made him think about like what it means to be like good. And that it's not just like this dichotomy that he's been building up against his brother since like, you know, day one of them turning, you know? Yeah. Everything is more complex. Like you say a lot, they're just getting much better pictures into each other's lives and their own relationship by Elena hanging out with both of them. Mm -hmm. So then we go over to the sheriff's office where John and Mayor Lockwood are telling Sheriff Forbes about the plan. And she's like, no, you cannot use the town as bait. She's like, that is a literal horrible plan. I hate it. Yeah, she was like, no, that I'm not letting you do that. And they were like, yeah, well, we went to your deputies and they're all fine with it. It's like, you guys went behind my fucking back? Are you guys fucking the worst? And they said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we are the worst. Sounds good to you. And they're like, well, we had to go over your head. We knew you wouldn't like the plan. Like, we knew you'd react like this, like you crazy bitch. Yeah, they're like, you were just too emotional. She's like, it puts the whole town in danger and particularly all of our fucking kids. And John's basically like, we don't have a choice. This is why we have a secret council, which I hear his point. (laughs) That doesn't make the plan good. Yes. You don't have a secret council to make dangerous plans. You have a secret council to like make good plans. Yeah. And to discuss it as a council, not just among the two dicks in the council, by the way. Yeah. A secret council means all of you get together and talk about it, not the mayor and this piece of shit. Yeah. And this guy who just came back to town. And so the sheriff says like, well, look, I'm the sheriff. It's my call. And I say no. So suck it. And John says, hey, mayor, can I talk to the sheriff alone? Which at this point, she should have been like, well, obviously he's going to like incapacitate me. Yeah. But the mayor leaves and she's like, look, I'm not going to change my mind on this. And then he knocks her out, takes her like utility belt off and handcuffs her to like a pipe. What the fuck? I can't stand the man. So then the night celebration is underway and Damon runs into Anna and he's like, oh, you're still around. And she's like, um, so I'm here to tell you something. The vampires are all going to attack the founding families when the fireworks start. They think I'm with them, but I am not. Damon's like, well, John wants to use the invention on them, but it's been deactivated. So him and Anna are kind of in agreement, like now everyone's going to die. And so this is a great move because it raises the stakes for all the characters, even though a good chunk of the characters aren't afraid of the invention. It still raises the stakes of the season finale. Yeah, of like, they're like, well, the invention might not work, but so now we just have a bunch of dead founding families and like 20 vampires coming to town. Mm hmm. That's not a good situation regardless, because even if like, you know, they kill a bunch of vampires before they kill too many founding families, like you got to do a whole compulsion of the whole town. Like you didn't go to Founders Day. I mean, like there's no way around that. That's a whole long process, even in the best case scenario. It's unlikely that any part of that goes well. So Damon kind of springs into action. We check in with the tomb vampires. They're passing out more volunteer shirts so they can blend in. And they're basically like, okay, blend in. We don't know how many founding family members have Vervain. So it is not about the feed. It's about the kill. So let's go. Yeah, they're like, don't bother drinking the blood. Just kill them. You can kill a lot more people that way. Mm -hmm. So Damon's first stop is Alaric. He says, hey, you got your weapons? Yeah, he's like, yeah, they're in the car. And he says, great, go get them. And Alaric's like, awesome, easy. 
And then Damon approaches Stefan and Elena, who are laughing about something. So they're having a good night. That's about to change. Damon grabs Elena's hand, and we've got a little love triangle shot, of course. He says, okay, so the two vampires are here. Founding families are the target. Stefan, you need to get Elena out of here. And then he dips. He doesn't give them any more information than that. They're like, wait, what about? He's like, nope. He's like, I don't have time for this. Even though Damon explicitly told them to leave, Elena says, wait, Jeremy's here somewhere. So they go looking for Jeremy. Elena never listens to anyone when they tell her to leave somewhere. And like, it's been working out for her. I get it. But like, if you were like, hey, they're going to kill one, you should leave. I'd be like, okay. Also, where's your cell phone? Call Jeremy or text him because he probably won't answer a call from you. Yeah, he's, he is pissed at you. So then we go over to the grill where Matt and Caroline are on a date and Tyler's playing pool and Matt's like staring at Tyler and Caroline's like, you know, one time me and Bonnie had a really bad fight and I thought we'd never speak again. And Matt's like, shove it. Matt's like, shut the fuck up, Caroline. And she's like, okay, I tried. <laughs> yeah, he basically was like, don't even fucking start with me. And to her credit, she says, all right, point taken. I hear you. She's like, okay, I will stop. And Mayor Lockwood walks in and he's surprised to see Tyler playing pool. And he's like, hey, Tyler, didn't I tell you to go home earlier? And Tyler's like, I decided not to. And Mayor Lockwood does what he does and he gets angry at his son and says, when I tell you to do something, you fucking do it. And then Caroline comes in to save the day. She's like, hey, Mayor, what's up? And the mayor sees Caroline is there and he, you know, the mayor is clearly worried about this plan more than John is, even though he is on John's side. So he sees Caroline. He knows that obviously she's a founding family member. And he sees Matt there and he's like, well, I mean, I'll save him too. Yeah. So the mayor's like, you guys should all leave. Tyler, you can take my car. Take Matt and Caroline with you. I can't explain. You got to go. And they seem a little concerned, but they do oblige. Because he does seem to be like a little more sincere than usual. And like not being mad, like, why don't you go home? He's like, I need you to go home. It's notable that like, the whole town can be bait, but I will be telling my child to go home. That's the founding families for you. So they leave the grill. Anna finds Jeremy coming out of the bathroom and she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I found you. I have to talk to you. She takes him into the bathroom and we leave them there for a second while we go check in on Mayor Lockwood giving his pre-fireworks speech. Yeah. And he says, Mystic Falls is safe, prosperous, and welcoming. Thank you to the founders. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, he really pokes the bear by thanking the founders so explicitly. Like, maybe leave that line off. I mean, it is called Founders Day. I mean, he has to get vampires riled up. Yeah. Everyone gets in position. You see everyone, you know, signaling to deputies, deputies signaling to John, John getting ready with the device. And then the fireworks start. And the vampires kind of hesitate. They should start right when the fireworks start if they're, if they're really thinking of getting their kills in fast. But And the Lockwoods immediately leave the stage and start like booking it out of there. Yeah, you can see they've got like deputies around because obviously the deputies know what they're doing. And I think Mayor Lockwood knows he's going to be an easy, fast target because... He's the mayor and he just gave a speech. Yeah, and a popular target because he's the mayor. Exactly. He's kind of a showy target. And to be honest, not a lot of the other founding families are readily out, which the tomb vampires should see as a sign, but whatever, who am I? Yeah. And so a tomb vampire is staring at the Lockwoods kind of running off stage and in their focus runs into Bonnie. And as we know, when Bonnie touches someone, she can tell that they're a vampire. And so she's like, hold on a second. That guy's a vampire and I do not know him. Yeah, so she's like, that's not good. Stefan and Elena are still looking for Jeremy. Damon goes to Dr. Gilbert's office right as John is about to activate the device. And Damon's like, do you have any idea what you've just fucking done? Because to Damon's knowledge, that device isn't going to work and all the tomb vampires are going to kill all the founding families. Yeah. 
John's like, okay, I don't really know what you're talking about. I do know what I've done. And then he activates the device and he does know what he's done because it does work. And immediately there's a high pitched sound. I can hear it. So I can only assume I'm a vampire. (laughs) I can hear it, but it doesn't hurt. So I'm a very powerful vampire. Yeah. And so Damon immediately like drops to the floor. Stefan drops to the floor and Anna in the bathroom with Jeremy also drops to the floor. They're all like screaming in agony. And so we cut back and forth between all of them screaming in agony. It gets quiet. John injects Damon with Vervain and the deputies start picking up other vampires. Tomb vampires everywhere. Then we check in with Tyler and Caroline and Matt in the car, which should be like kind of a low stakes scene. Nope. Tyler can hear the noise. We can tell it's not a vampire reaction because he heard the noise, but he was able to be like, what is that noise? It didn't immediately incapacitate him. Of course, I took this as a sign. Um, He's a werewolf. He's got amazing werewolf hearing. That's why he heard the noise. Do you think there's any other possibilities? Maybe there's another supernatural creature who can hear the noise or maybe... There could be, but I'm going to be honest with you. I am not mentally able to see it. My my werewolf blinders are on at this point. I mean, I think a lot of things are possible, but clearly something werewolfy is happening if he's hearing the sound. Well, something supernatural is happening. We get no connection to werewolves at this point. But at this point, we just see him react to a sound and crash a car. That's not exactly a werewolf confirmation. It's as much confirmation as I need. So then Tyler crashes the car because the sound is affecting him. Right into a fence. It's everyone's screaming. It's not fun. Not a fun time. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the town square, a deputy sees Stefan on the ground with Elena hugging him. So a deputy is about to come up and grab Stefan when luckily Alaric intercepts and he's like, oh, I've got this one. There's one over there. And the deputy, dumbass, runs away. King Alaric, of course, coming in to save everyone. Alaric and Elena lift Stefan into like the stairwell by the grill. He's out of sight. The deputies aren't finding him there. And Alaric fills them in based on what he's seen. He says the deputies are grabbing anyone who's going down and injecting them with vervain. And Elena immediately realizes like, okay, so they're rounding up the vampires. And then we check in with the Lockwoods and Mayor Lockwood is down with blood coming from his ear. Now, what's your theory on this? Looks like being a werewolf is hereditary. That's all I'll say. We'll see. And then we check in with Jeremy and Anna in the bathroom where a deputy has found them. You would think a bathroom would be a pretty safe place, but these deputies leave no stone unturned. And I guess they didn't know what was going on. If they had, maybe Jeremy would have like moved her into a stall or something. But it like there was no way to know that this was going to happen. And then, of course, they come and take her. And he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Uh, Jeremy, baby boy, time to radicalize, King. Yeah, and so then a deputy holds Jeremy back and they successfully get Anna out of the way. We check back in with John, who is in the doctor's office, and he turns off the device and he puts it away and he's like, all right, time for phase two. And he's like, this is going just great. And to be fair to John, it is going really great. It's going really well. I mean, it's a good plan. So they gather all the vampires in the basement, including Damon. John says the device is done. It's only the Vervain keeping them down now. So we have to like get it moving. So they all start dumping gasoline. So that's when I was like, oh, they're going to burn them. They finish dumping the gasoline. John is trying to leave the basement and Anna grabs John's ankle. And John's like, Anna, hey, hey, girly. Hey, hey, girly pop. And she's like, please. And he takes a stake and he stakes her and she turns gray. He kills her. I was screaming. I had a feeling she would not be making it through this episode, but I was crying. And I, uh, there was a period where I was like, I need to make Grace pause this episode because I have to cry more. 
Like, I'm not ready to watch this. I was not doing good. You were pretty inconsolable. Because, you know, they're in the basement. You're like, they can still get out of this. Vampires have gotten out of stuff like this before, but no, that one hurt. Couldn't resist, you piece of fucking shit. You don't even care what your nephew is going through. Well, and actively kill her. He could have just set the basement on fire and she still would have burned. We don't, I mean, we don't know if she would have been okay. He could have just dumped extra gasoline on her. But no, he wanted to personally stake her. It hurt. It hurt real bad. So here's the question I ask every time. Do you think Anna's dead for good? Do you think this is the last we're seeing of her? Yeah, I mean, the stake already did it. And she was right by some of the big flames. I mean, there is nothing. John walks away after killing Anna. He dumps more gasoline on the stairs as he goes up and he drops a match and Damon sees the fire catch. So then we check in with Stefan at the stairwell. He's coming too because as we know, the device is done. Alaric says like, I saw them bringing everyone to the old Gilbert doctor's office. And Stefan's like, well, it's gotta be the Gilbert device. Doesn't take a genius. Ellen is like, no, Bonnie unspelled it. So it couldn't be. And Alaric's like, maybe she didn't. Yeah, Alaric's the only one with a fucking head on his shoulders. You know, and Elena's like, no, we literally saw her do it. And Stefan's like, well, no, we saw her like do a little like telekinesis. We saw her make it float. He's like, think about it. We asked Bonnie to destroy a device that protects humans from vampires. And Elena's like, no, we were protecting you. And he's like, I'm a vampire. Isn't Elena ever like, Oh, wait, not everyone's in love with Stefan. It was the same thing when she was like, oh, look, we have to save Stefan. And he was like, I don't know that guy. I've met him maybe twice. Like he ditches my class 80% of the days. I know. Elena's like, it's Stefan. And everyone's like, no one cares about Stefan like you, Elena. That's not an argument that like convinces us. Like you're the only one who needs that. She's in love. I get it. No shade to her. Yeah. And then Stefan and Elena both realized that they haven't seen Damon in a while. Yeah, hello guys, where's your fucking brother? And so Elena asks Alaric to go get Jeremy and take him home. Alaric's like, great job for me, love it. Alaric's like, that I can do, that I can do. And then Mrs. Lockwood finds Sheriff Forbes in the office. Liz has come too, but she is still handcuffed to the pipe. I mean, she's just kind of sitting there waiting. Like, she's like, okay, someone's going to come here eventually. Carol Lockwood comes in and is like, what's happening? Oh my God. And Liz is like, there's a key on my desk. Can you go get the key? Yeah. She's like, no, I'm not explaining this to you. Get the fucking key. Like, I don't have time for this right now. And then Carol says something's happened to Richard, which is shocking to Carol and the sheriff. So whatever Mayor Lockwood is or isn't, they don't know. Yeah, because Carol's like, he's not a vampire. So I don't know why anything would have happened to him. It's like, I don't know why he went down. I don't know why they took him. He is not a vampire. I would know. And to be fair, you think she would. But why do you think Carol doesn't have any idea who he is or what he is? She married into a rich founding family, so she doesn't really need to know. But also, like, clearly the way vampires are treated in this town, even if you're a different supernatural creature, that's probably not something you want to advertise. Especially if you're the mayor. I mean, it probably just didn't come up. (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds dumb. There's a full moon every month. If you think he's a werewolf, why wouldn't it have come up? I'm staying late at the office. I'm the mayor. He gets back by the morning or maybe he's on business trips. Do you think Carol Lockwood is there tracking full moons? I don't think she's tracking full moons, but I think he's gone every full moon. Don't you think you start to notice a pattern? Okay, well, maybe he's not gone every full moon. Maybe he's gotten really good at controlling it and he can choose when he shifts. Okay, there's a theory. You are so sure he's a fucking werewolf. You better be able to defend it. And you're just trying so hard to make me not believe it because you know it's true and you're trying to make me doubt myself. I don't know anything about Mayor Lockwood. So then we go over to the basement on fire 
where Damon sees Mayor Lockwood and he's like, the mayor's like, Damon? And the Damon's like, Mayor? Yeah, the mayor's like, what are you doing here? And Damon says, I'm a vampire. What's your excuse? The mayor's like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. The mayor is <laughs> terrified. He's so shook because he's like, I did not have a single guess. Like, he never knew. He's like, you have to be joking. What the fuck? And then Damon's like, no, but I, I still have a question for you. I know you're scared. But he's like, but the vervain didn't affect you. You're not a vampire. What the fuck are you? So we know Vervain didn't affect him and he's down here. No one in the town seems to know. So you think that he's a werewolf and no one in the town knows. Yeah. So if you think he's a werewolf, do you think he was ever going to talk to Tyler about it? Because clearly he's noticing Tyler's having anger issues. Do you think the mayor notices that in Tyler as well? Again, you're leaning into this genetic theory of yours. Now that we know that the dad is something and Tyler is something, and I mean, it's werewolf, it must be hereditary or at least like, the possibility that's hereditary, like maybe it's not a guaranteed thing to pass down, but it it did get passed down. And so Mayor Lockwood is tracking that and watching it. I'm going to go ahead and just make a, a guess that I think it's one of those things that on your 18th birthday is when things really go crazy. And I'm going to guess Tyler's 17 at the moment. So I think like the conversation was coming, but the mayor had other stuff to do. So it just hadn't, he hadn't gotten around to it yet. I understand that guess. So here's my follow-up question. How far back do you think this gene goes? Do you think the original Lockwood founding family members were werewolves? That's a good question. Do you think they've been werewolves this whole time? And if so, how did they infiltrate a founder's council who was on the lookout for supernatural creatures? I would say the founder's council was on the lookout for vampires, not so much supernatural creatures. I'm not convinced either way, whether they were werewolves then I think there's a good chance there were just because that's kind of a classic supernatural creature that it's believable that they would have been there but I think they were looking out for vampires and the werewolves were like okay yeah we don't really want vampires here either because a werewolf must be a hearty little meal do you think vampires hunt werewolves I don't think they're going out of their way to hunt werewolves I, I think that's kind of a I don't see an important relationship between those do you think vampires or werewolves can spot each other no because if they could, Damon wouldn't have been like, what are you? Unless he wasn't a werewolf. Yeah, unless. Where do you think the um, werewolf gene comes from? Mutation? Where does any gene come from? Well, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It's a mutation. That's how new genes enter the gene pool. That's your evolution lesson. <laughs> Great. So at this point, you're convinced the Lockwood family is werewolves. I, I mean, they're werewolves. I know you're trying to make me off base and find some holes in the logic. They're werewolves. This is, I mean, this is just the truth. Here's my last question about Mayor Lockwood possibly being a werewolf. You think he's been a werewolf since he's been 18 is your working theory now that it's an age-based transformation? Yeah. Do you think Mary Lockwood ever turns or do you think he has gotten to a point where he doesn't ever have to turn? And that's why no one knows. I think he doesn't turn very much. That's why he's so angry. When do you think he does? When he has a moment to himself. When he needs a moment to himself? What do you think he does? Just turns into a wolf and runs around? Yeah, goes in the forest, goes on a little run, eats some food, some rabbits and stuff. I mean- Maybe at a family reunion, he turns with all the other werewolves and they play. Where they all know. Um, do you think <laughs> werewolves kill people? Do you think some of the animal attacks possibly weren't vampires? I don't think so. I think the animal attacks being vampires because it's always like bodies drained of blood. Werewolves can't really drain a body of blood in the same way that I know of, but I feel confident in that just anatomy wise. So I think they could kill humans, but I don't think they do. Like, I, I don't think they like need to eat humans to like survive. Like, sure. I think they can eat normal food. And you don't think their animal instincts ever take over? Maybe they do. I think they have killed humans, but I don't think it's like a regular thing. Okay. I think if you were to 
map out the body counts from vampires and werewolves, the vampires would be much, much, much higher. Here's a question. Do you think Mayor Lockwood has a pack? We know werewolves join in packs. Yeah. Who do you think is in his pack? Someone we haven't met yet. Let's operate under the assumption for a second that we have met someone in his pack. Coach Tanner. Okay. I think he was in the pack. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how that pans out, if it pans out. It will. And then Mayor Lockwood, while backing away from Damon, runs into a tomb vampire. And the tomb vampire is like, oh my God, is this the mayor? He's like, oh my God, Mayor Lockwood? Hey, buddy. And then he snaps his neck. Great win for that tomb vampire who knew he was about to die and he got one founding family kill in. You got to love that for him. He still got his little revenge. So then we check in with Caroline and Matt who are post-car crash. Matt checks in on Caroline because he's like, your side took the biggest hit. You should get checked out. And she's like, no, no, they're helping Tyler. It's fine. Tyler is laying on the ground unconscious. The EMTs open his eyes and... And it's a wolf eye, baby. It's a wolf eye. I'm sorry. What makes you say it's a wolf eye? Because uh, it's colorful and big. Okay. I think you are on the money saying that that eye is supernatural. I don't think you can conclusively say that's a wolf eye. Watch him be like a fucking, like a dog, but not a werewolf. And you'll be like, see, he made me a werewolf. I'm just saying like, there's a million opportunities for what a supernatural creature is. And you're leaning into the werewolf thing and I get why you are, but we don't have any wolf confirmation in this episode. We have supernatural confirmation. I'll give you that. Wolves have gold eyes. Well, I mean, anything could have a gold eye. What if Tyler's a fairy? He's too angry for that. I hear you. What if Tyler is like a descendant of a Greek god? That's a given. Look at his fucking face. <laughs> Look at that and body. body. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that Tyler is a werewolf? 20. <laughs> so then he closes his eye. The EMTs are freaked out because they just saw a gold eye. They're like, oh, what the fuck was that? They're like, is that a werewolf? And. And then he like comes to and his eyes are normal. Everything's fine. And Matt is like relieved because he didn't want to admit it, but he has forgiven Tyler at this point. Now they've had a near-death experience. He's like, I'm so glad you're awake. He's happy he's alive. They're very happy. That happiness is short-lived because someone in the background is like, what's up with her? And we look and Caroline has fainted. Yeah, she's just passed out. And then we check in with Stefan and Elena who are running through the town square and Stefan turns on his vampire hearing and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I can hear them. They are burning. The building is on fire. And then we check in with Damon who is in the basement and the flames are closing in. And at this point, it's kind of like, how the hell is Damon going to get out of this? Because he is still very weak from the Vervain. I mean, he's doing his best. Yeah, but... and then the smoke isn't helping matters. It's not a good time to be Damon. Yeah. So Elena and Stefan approach John, who's outside the Gilbert building. And John says, well, it's over for Damon. He says, look, Elena, this is the right thing. It should have been done 145 years ago. I'm just doing what I need to do. Stefan turns to Elena. He's like, hey, is there another entrance to this building? And she's like, yeah, there's a utility door around the side. Yeah, because they're like, okay, ignore, ignoring that piece of crap. Yeah. And John says, oh, I'll let Stefan go in. It saves me the trouble of killing him myself. And Stefan's like, okay. And he goes. Yeah, he's like, um, okay, bye, dumbass. And Elena starts to go after Stefan and John stops her. And he's like, if you follow him, I'll tell the deputies they missed a vampire. And she's like, well, I'm asking you not to. And he's like, that really means nothing to me. And Elena takes the trump card that she has in her hand and she plays it at the exact right time. And she says, well, as my father, it should. And he's like, what? And he said, so who told you? He's like, you know. And she's like, well, I wasn't sure, but now I fucking am, dumbass. And you can see he's like, oh, fuck. And so she's like, okay, bye. And so she goes in. Yeah, taking that 
speechless pause to be like, okay, see ya. See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. And then at the side door, Bonnie is there. And she's like, Stefan, like, don't go in. You will burn. He's like, my brother's in there. He's like, it's my brother. And Elena follows. Well, Bonnie's like, look, I'm sorry for what I did, but you cannot go into like a burning building. And Elena, you know, kind of fights her. She has to go in. And so Bonnie starts a spell. Yeah, she's like chanting in Latin. There's some wind moving and shit. Stefan opens the basement door after a couple tries because it's obviously very hot because of fire. Then he looks at the stairs and the fire like stops on the stairs. And he's like, okay, great. Love that. Yeah, and Stefan doesn't question it. He runs in, grabs Damon and gets out. When they get out, the fire goes back up. So we see no other vampires get out. So that cleans up that chapter for us. Yeah, Bonnie did a good job. She said, look, if I'm saving Stefan and Damon from another tomb situation, I'm making sure they're the only ones. Yeah. So they get out and Bonnie like looks at them and it's all very like, okay, that happened. (laughs) So then we go back to the grill for the aftermath of the drama. Elena tells Stefan the fire is out. The story that's going to the press is that it was old wiring. Stefan is looking for Damon, but he disappeared after the drama. Elena hugs Stefan and she's like, glad he's okay. And Stefan says, you know, I try really hard to hate Damon, but I can't help but care. And she's like, look, we both care about him. And Stefan's like, well, I don't want you to care about him. And Elena's like, okay. Like, Elena can read this energy going on. And she's like, yeah, look, Stefan, I love you. I know you're worried about that. You know, Stefan says, look, I know the trouble Damon can cause. And Elena's like, you don't have anything to fucking worry about. I love you. And so she kisses him and it's happy. And says, I love you a few more times. And he's like, definitely like, he's feeling a little warm and fuzzy. Yeah. And Elena says, okay, so Jenna called. Jeremy's home. I'm going to go grab my stuff from the school. And I'm going to go check on Jeremy. And Stefan's like, okay. And she leaves. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where we get to check on Jeremy and he's not doing great. He looks sad. He looks at the vial of blood Anna left him. Remember that from earlier? Yeah. And Damon appears in the doorway. He is there to tell Jeremy that Anna is dead because he knew that he cared about her. And Jeremy's kind of like, yeah, when they grabbed her, I was pretty worried about that. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I kind of figured how is she going to get out of that mess? Yeah. Damon says, I saw her killed. And the whole time, all I could think about was how I wanted to help her, but I couldn't. And he says, look, I came here because I took away your suffering once before and I'm offering to do it again, but it is your choice. Jeremy says, like, you didn't take away my suffering. You just took away the memory of why it was there. He's like, I still feel like my suffering is here, but I can't remember why. I still feel empty and alone and forgetting what happened won't fix what's really wrong. Yeah. And it's I mean, Damon is trying to be like, look, I really wanted to save her and I like couldn't and I want to help you in some way. And Jeremy's like, it's not really anything you can do about it. This just sucks. And then Damon says what I did to Vicky was wrong and I'm sorry for my part. It seems like he's in many ways trying to make amends with a lot of these people. I think he's finding this appreciation and like wanting to stay in this town. And he's like, if I want to stay here, like I do have to take some responsibility for things. Well, he's seeing that other people are seeing the good in him. And so he's trying to live up to that, specifically Elena. But we'll get there. Yeah. And so Damon starts to leave and Jeremy's like, hey, Anna told me that vampires don't have to feel pain if they don't want to. Like, is that true? And Damon's like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Jeremy asks if life is easier that way. And Damon says, life sucks either way, but at least if you're a vampire, you don't have to feel bad about it if you don't want to. 
And he gives like a pretty stunning endorsement of vampirism in Jeremy's mind without even really knowing it. Jeremy asks, like, is that what you did? Damon says he did it for a very long time and life was a lot easier. And in Damon's mind, this conversation is not like an endorsement of turning off your humanity. But in Jeremy's mind, it absolutely is. Well, yeah, because Damon is like, well, how's he going to turn? He doesn't have Anna anymore. You know, like that's not a a concern that he would have. Damon is not aware that Jeremy has a vial of vampire blood. (laughs) Yeah, that might have changed the way this conversation went. (laughs) Yeah. And so he leaves. And then we go over to the hospital and Tyler sits down with Matt and he apologizes about the car crash because he just honestly doesn't know what happened. Yeah. And Matt forgives him, obviously, because it wasn't totally his fault. Matt was there. He saw that Tyler like didn't do anything on purpose. And Matt says she'll be all right. And they sit together while they wait to hear news about Caroline. So the sheriff comes in and they're like, what's up? And the sheriff says there was internal bleeding. She's going into surgery and they're going to do everything they can. So things don't sound great for Caroline right now. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you want to hear before someone goes into surgery. Like, you don't want to hear like, we're going to do everything we can, because that means like things are not looking good. So they're very scared. And then the sheriff asks Tyler if he's talked to his mom. And he says, no, I sent her a message to tell her I was here, but I haven't heard back. And the sheriff's like, you should call her. It's about your dad. Because at this point, like Sheriff Forbes and Carol Lockwood, like, don't know what happened, but they know he got put with all those other supernatural creatures. And there's no reason to think he got out of that. Yeah. And we know he didn't. And obviously Tyler and his dad have a very complex relationship and they're never going to figure that out. But he did have the sincerity like in the last time Tyler saw him, which was a sign in my head that Mr. Lockwood was not going to get out of this. So here's my question. I I forgot to ask this when he died. Do you think that's the last we've seen of Mayor Lockwood? We think you think we're going to see him again? I think that's the last we've seen of him, unless somehow someone gave him vampire blood, which I don't think they did. Even again, if he somehow survived getting neck snapped or came back to life, he was in a burning basement. Do you think a werewolf can turn into a vampire or do you think the supernatural blood will fight each other off? I don't know. I think it's unlikely. I think it would be like maybe you can become a hybrid of something. But I I would think no. I think it's just too much for your little body to deal with. Sure. So then... We go to the Gilbert house and Jeremy is looking at the vial of vampire blood, lest we forget he has it. And he drinks the vial of blood and then he takes out a bottle of a bunch of Elena's painkillers and he like pours all the pills on the counter. So we go back into town where Bonnie runs into Stefan leaving the grill and he's like, oh, my God, you just missed Elena. And she says, "Okay, let's get down to business here. Elena is my best friend. I saved you and Damon because Elena cares about you. And Stefan's like, I know. I, I know that's the only reason I'm here right now. Yeah. And Bonnie says, but let's get one thing straight. Things are going to have to change and Damon's going to have to change. She is that bitch. I mean, she has a lot to hold in the matter. And she's like, no, you guys are going to follow what I say now. We're done with this. Mm -hmm. Stefan says like, Bonnie, you know, you and I, we want the same thing. And she says, we do. We both want to protect the people that we care about. But the difference between you and me is that you care about Damon. She's like, so here's the thing. You saw what I can do tonight. You know, I'm pretty powerful. If Damon spills another drop of human blood, I will take him down. And even even if you come with him, she does notably say innocent blood. So she does give room for him to kill someone who's problematic. Yeah. Thanks for that. Well, she knows that it's all kind of a gray area, but she knows that if he just kills an innocent person, she's like, I'm going to take you both down, by the way. And this is a great thing to say. She's like, look, I have the power to do it. And I will take you down, too, if it comes to that. Like, I don't want to because I want to be on my best friend's side. But like, I'll do it. Yeah. Stefan says, let's hope it doesn't come to that. 
And Bonnie says, let's hope it doesn't. So they are on the same page. Good thing you're done drinking human blood, huh, Stefan? Yeah. So then we go back to the Gilbert house and Elena gets home to find Damon. Now, at this point, we are we think it's Elena. So we think that Delena stands are about to eat tonight and Delena stands would be eating tonight. And in a way we did eat. It was like we ate it and it was like such a tasty dinner. And then it was like, why am I still so hungry? So Elena gets home. She's like, hey, what are you doing here? And he basically says, like, I was trying to do the right thing, but he doesn't clarify what the right thing is. Yeah. And Elena doesn't follow up, obviously, because it's not Elena and she has no details. (laughs) Yeah. So she's being as vague as possible. (laughs) So Damon's like, you know, when I came to this town, I wanted to destroy it. And now I want to protect it. How does that happen? And Elena's like, I don't know. Elena's like, that is kind of weird. She said, that's a thinker. Yeah, she said, keep noodling that. (laughs) And then Damon says, you know, I'm not a hero, Elena. Like, it's not in me. It's reserved for like Stefan and Bonnie and you. Like, I don't have good in me. And Elena says, maybe it is in you. Because say what you will about Miss Catherine, but she knows she does know how to push buttons. He said, Bonnie saved me tonight, even though she has every reason to hate me, because at some point you decided that I was worth saving. And I thank you for that. Made me so emotional. It's really sweet when you think it's Elena. Unfortunately, he is just giving Catherine ammunition. Yeah, I mean, this is things really work out for Catherine right here. Yeah, she's like, this is going well, babe. He thanks her. He kisses her cheek. And Elena seems into it. Which I was like, okay, this is, you know, I was thinking, oh my God, we're getting a Delena kiss like a whole season before I predicted it. That's kind of crazy. And it was also like, I was like, this doesn't really seem like Elena as much as I was enjoying watching a kiss. I was like, this doesn't really seem like something Elena would do. She just like is so into Stefan right now and is so like loyal that I was like, this is kind of not something I would expect from her. But I was so happy to be seeing a kiss that I was able to ignore that. I know. But as a Delena stan, it's like, I don't care. I said, cool. So then he goes in to kiss her lips and she kisses him back and they have a little kiss. And it's a, I mean, she's kissing him back heavy. Yeah. And Damon is obviously pretty excited about this. And then Jenna opens the door and sees them. And so they break it up and she's like, you should come inside. And Elena comes inside and Jenna glares at Damon. But Damon is just like sitting there like in his little love haze. Yeah, Damon's like, what the fuck? I can't believe that happened. He's like very happy. And then he leaves. And then we go inside. And Jenna says to Elena, what are you doing? And Elena's like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I bet you don't, bitch. Yeah. She's like, I'm here for one reason and one reason only. To get John Gilbert. Yeah. She said the kiss was a nice little sidetrack thing. (laughs) She said this all worked out for me pretty well, actually. So then we go check up with Jeremy upstairs really quick who has no pills left and the vial is empty and he lays down and that's where we leave him and he looks he looks like he's about to die you think transition is imminent you know if you had asked me in the pilot I would have been so excited about this but I don't think he's going to transition I mean he did take a lot of painkillers that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to die interesting he either he could have not taken enough Or like someone could see him and get his stomach pumped. Like there's a lot of ways that he could not die from this. So I'm not 100% convinced of the transition. You're a true Pretty Little Liars fan. You're like, until I see a dead body, no one's confirmed dead. I have to see the steak go in and turn gray. Or I have to see the blood 
come out. Like, you can never know. You can never trust a death on face value. I think he could transition. I'm not convinced that it'll happen. I mean, if he does, this is not a good reason to transition, obviously. Do you think a transition would go well for him right now? No, (laughs) not in the slightest. Well, I mean, Jeremy said as much that when he transitions, he wants to do it so he can turn off his humanity. You think we're going to see Jeremy become a pretty vicious killer next season? I doubt that. Even if he does transition, we all saw how Stefan and Damon handled Vicky. He is not going to be able to become a vicious killer. They will be up his ass too much for him to do that. Especially because Damon wants to impress Elena so bad. Yeah, it would be very hard for him to be a vicious killer without straight up leaving town, which could also happen. I think it's most likely that Jeremy isn't actually going to be turning. Okay, so then we go down to the kitchen of the Gilbert house where John runs into Elena and he feels awkward around Elena given their conversation earlier. And so he's a little like shocked to see her. And at this point, you know, she was, she had a little bit of a swagger. She's got a jacket on. And I was like, why do I think this is Catherine? So I was starting to move in that direction. And so at this point I had started looking for a daylight ring on her. Yeah. I wasn't convinced either way, but this was, the vibe was not giving off full Elena. So she's putting dishes away, particularly knives. John says, I met Isabel as a teenager. I fell in love instantly, but I don't think she ever loved me. You think? Astutely observed. Yeah. He says, you know, part of why I hate vampires so much is what Isabel became. It ruined her. He says, I would have never sent her to Damon if I knew she wanted to turn. What the fuck did you think you were sending her to Damon for? Literally. Like, what the fuck? Because I feel like Isabel pretty clearly wanted to turn. I mean, you know, we've seen her be pretty manipulative. So I guess she probably was just like, no, I just want to ask about vampires. Do you know a vampire I could talk to? I mean, whatever. We don't need to read into this too much. I just think it's ridiculous that he thought... it's It was stupid of him. If, if he really thought she wasn't going to turn that stupid. Yeah. Anyway, so John says it's his fault for Isabel turning into a vampire. And that's why he wants Elena to understand that's why he hates vampires so much. That's why he wanted Stefan Damon to die. Because he doesn't want the vampire lifestyle to take over Elena's life the way it took over Isabel's. Now, this is falling on the wrong ears. But- and also, like, not really your business. Did you need to kill like fucking 30 vampires to make that point? But it it is all moot because he is not saying a lick of this to Elena. Yeah. She says, thank you. And he says, can I help with putting away the knives? And she says, sure. And then she looks at the ring and she takes a knife and cuts off his fingers, which when I was watching this the first time, I was fully on. I was like, that's Elena. And then she cut <laughs> off his fingers. I was like, what the fuck is Elena doing? And then the veins appear and he says, Catherine. And she says, hello, John. Goodbye, John. And stabs him. So do you think John's dead? I am hopeful that he is. By the same rule that we didn't see Jeremy's dead body, we did not see John's dead body. So And a stab. I mean, I do think Catherine knows how to stab someone and kill them. Let's say that. I think he's probably dead. I think his storyline has ended here. But I don't have definitive proof that he's dead. Yeah. Then Elena arrives home on the phone with Stefan. So now we have absolute confirmation that that is Catherine. And this is Elena. Elena is on the phone with Stefan. She's like, yeah, someone took my stuff from school, which iconic of Catherine to not just show up at the house, but to take all of Elena's stuff. Like a period costume. I guess she wanted to like have Elena's stuff to prove she was Elena because she probably thought getting invited in might be a little touchy. Yeah. But- It's just funny. And she's like, I'm going to go check on Jeremy. And so she comes inside. She hears a sound in the kitchen. And she says, Jeremy? 
and she walks through the kitchen and that's the end of season one. I think she will be walking into that kitchen, seeing John bleeding out. Catherine will not be there, but there is going to be, you know, some confusion, particularly among Damon and Elena. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. This is our first reappearance of Catherine. I know you kind of thought Catherine might show up before the end of the season, but they do a lot of smart things in this episode to throw you off the scent of Catherine. First of all, they curl Elena's hair. Yeah, so they already mix you up a little because that is one thing I've said of like every time the hair is curled, I'm like, she looks like Catherine here because Catherine's hair has always been curled in flashbacks. I thought that was just a fun little thing they did in the period costume to really make her look like Catherine. And that's like, I took that reasoning, but then she had curly hair the rest of the episode. Yeah, it was double pronged. Also, we have a long break from when we see Elena leave Stefan to when we see Catherine arrive at the Gilbert house. It's pretty easy to forget her outfit because the most damning thing on Catherine is that jacket. Yeah, that's what when she's pulling off Damon and she's got the little rouge sleeve, I was like, that's kind of, that's not really an Elena jacket. But again, she had just kissed Damon. I wasn't ready to to mess with that. The other thing you could look for that would get you is Elena's necklace. If you notice, Catherine's wearing a high cut t-shirt and you can see a silver chain, but you can't see what's on the end of the chain. See, I didn't even think to look for the necklace at that point. I was looking for a daylight ring and I didn't see one, but I think a lot of that could be that like Catherine took it off for nighttime because she was trying to be a lady. She could be wearing a daylight necklace. Yeah. I'm appreciating just how much they did to keep it vague. And by putting that Delena scene where they put it, it throws us off the Catherine scent because we're all itching for a Delena scene, most of us. And it's Damon making amends and doing all these sweet apologies. And you're like, oh, he's finally gotten to Elena. Like- I will say the other thing I noticed at the end of this, because Elena comes in on the phone, she's wearing her Converse. We never saw shoes on Miss Catherine. Yeah. You know, Miss Catherine is not wearing Converse. Yeah, you know, Catherine's wearing heels. She would never. She is wearing heeled boots and they're slouchy boots. I'm going to, I would bet money on that. We'll see. It just is very smart the way they separate it long enough that we don't know it's Catherine. They hide any real clues. And the smartest thing they do is when Jenna catches them kissing, she says to Catherine, you should probably come inside, which is what she would say to Elena, but it invites Catherine in. So we don't even think about the fact that it could be Catherine because she just walked right in. But also they do a smart thing by making her show up after the chaos because you would think Catherine's going to stay far away from this if she knows what's going on. Yeah. And when you watch it back and you're familiar with Catherine's mannerisms in the way I am, I was like, oh, that's obviously Catherine. That's when I started noticing it in the kitchen. I was like, she's doing some stuff with her eyes and eyebrows that are not very Elena. Nina Dobrev, actress of our generation, by the way. Emmy, we're waiting for you. So I guess the first thing we should talk about is why do you think Catherine's in Mystic Falls? Why do you think she came back here? I gotta fuck with Damon. Who knows? I, I think she, now that all the tomb vampires are gone and can't bother her, because again, I think a lot of them were pissed at her. So she can kind of hang out in Mystic Falls on and off. And I think she also has probably gotten word from Isabel that Stefan is dating Elena and Damon's in love with Elena. And she's like, oh, I can use this to really fuck with these two. And also she's probably a little pissed. She's like, this is this girl who looks like just like me who's dating my same boys. I want to get some intel on it. So you think it's just Catherine's just curious to see Stefan and Damon and Elena. You think that's the only reason she's coming to Mystic Falls? Yeah, I mean, there could be a deeper plan to it. I have no guess of what that is. So I'm just going with like something fun to do. You know, she's immortal. Things get boring. Sure. And I guess a follow-up question, although I think the answer is rather obvious. Do you think we'll be seeing more of Catherine in season two? Oh, yeah. 
This is going to fuck Damon's life right up. He is not going to be well. I can tell you that. So predictions for season two. So now that we've met the characters, we're familiar with kind of the world of Vampire Diaries. We're going to go threefold. We're going to go couples, transitions, and deaths. I'll say before we even get into the specifics, I think now that we've had this first season and built up a couple threads, um, you know, this had like three really distinct areas of it. There wasn't like one evil villain that they were hunting the whole time. I think we're going to shift into more of like season long or like maybe half season arcs rather than like kind of these chunks. I think that's one kind of notable switch that we'll see in season two. Okay. What kind of villain are you expecting for season two? Now that we've had just a group of vampires, what kind of villain do we want? Do we think we're going to see? I think there's potential for Catherine and Isabel to kind of take this villain-ish role, but I think there's going to be some other sinister kind of world of it. I, not not anyone we've met. I think other people coming in to fuck up Mystic Falls, fuck up Catherine, Damon, Stephen. What kind of people? Like another vampire who hates them. Or like Catherine, you know, she's definitely been walking around making enemies. So I think her coming in Mystic Falls could also act as a way to draw some people out of like, well, Catherine's back in Mystic Falls. Like, let's get back at her, you know? Be you hard. just think that these people can't stay away from Mystic Falls, even though they're yeah. immortal and could go all over the world. You just think Catherine and Isabel want to hang out in Mystic Falls just to see their boyfriends. I think Catherine more is like, okay, well, all my like big enemies in Mystic Falls are kind of done. And like, there's this new development in Mystic Falls because Catherine's done a pretty good job of staying away. So I know she can. I don't think she's drawn to Mystic Falls in the same way. But I think she's like, okay, this is kind of crazy that I keep hearing about this. Like, I want to go like scope it out and kind of mess around a little. Do you think we're going to see any new couples arise in season two? And if so, who? You know, Matt and Caroline, their days are numbered. You think they're not going to make it through season two? I don't think so. I mean, I'm again, I'm shocked they made it through season one. I do think there's a possibility that there's like some new characters that could come in and be more for Miss Caroline because I, I don't know who else she would date at this point. Do you think Bonnie's going to date anyone? I would love for Bonnie to date someone. I don't have anyone like in my head. Just throwing this out there. This is my own personal, like who I love, uh, Bonnie and Tyler. You think that's a couple? Tyler's going to need a spiritual guide as he learns about this werewolf transition without his father, who would be the one to teach it. And you're convinced that that person's going to be Bonnie. I'm not convinced. You're convinced it's going to be a love interest who does that for him. And you think Bonnie is a good sign. Oh, I'm not convinced it's a love interest that would do it for him necessarily. I think it could very well be an uncle of his, but I think it would be fun if it was him and Bonnie. I just like them both. So that's really where that's coming from. That's not anything like definitive. You think Tyler's going to date anyone? I'm going to lean in on Bonnie. He's going to be booked and busy next season. He's got a lot to deal with. Do you think if Matt and Caroline break up that Matt's going to date anyone? No. Do you think Jeremy's going to date anyone? He's had two girlfriends die in, over the course of like, maybe six months like I would love for him to find someone but I think he should be focusing on other things right now you think Damon's gonna get a girlfriend who is or isn't Elena I I mean I don't think Damon and Elena are gonna get together I think there's a chance that Stefan and Elena do not make it to the end of season two but I think they'll likely you know we'll see the cracks in their relationship through season two in some way because I do think Damon and Elena will be kissing end of season two I'm sticking with that but I don't think they'll officially break up until like later. Sure. You think we're going to see more Alaric and Jenna? I hope so. I keep forgetting about them. I mean, I'm excited to see Alaric settle into Mystic Falls a little bit now that he kind of has been rid of his Isabel love. I want to see him 
kind of have a little bit of fun. Yeah, it seems like he's finally said goodbye to Isabel. I do want to see him and Damon fight some vampires, but for that to happen, we do need some more vampires in Mystic Falls. Do you think we're going to see any transitions next season? Obviously, the people we have, you know, kind of on deck to transition are Jeremy, who seems like he's about to die, and Tyler, who you are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt is going to be a werewolf. Yeah. So do you see any other transitions or you think those are going to be our big guys? I think those are going to be our big guys. I think at some point in the show, both Caroline and Elena will become vampires. But I don't think that's happening season two. Sure. I think we've got a long way to go for that. Who would turn Matt? I mean, unless someone needs a dumb henchman. Yeah. That's the only reason. Do you think we're going to see Matt develop any kind of powers, whether that's turning into a vampire or turning into something else? Maybe. He is just so unremarkable that I doubt it. If anything, Matt may stumble his way onto one of those supernatural like life rings, you know? that's the only thing I could think of. Like, I just, I don't think he has the charisma to be a supernatural creature. Sure. You think Alaric's going to turn into anything? No, I think Alaric likes being a human and doing his like own thing. I don't think he wants to be supernatural. Tying into transitions. So now of kind of our like main group that we know of right now, Matt, Caroline, Tyler, none of them know about vampires. Yeah. When do you think they're going to find out? You think they're going to find out in season two? Or do you think it's going to be different for all three of them? I think this would be different for all three of them. I think Caroline is right on the horizon of finding out. There's too much happening with Bonnie and Elena that it's going to have to come out. I think once Tyler's learning about being a werewolf, that's going to open up some questions about like other supernatural creatures. You know, let's just say this. Maybe the Lockwoods have a secret stash of family journals about werewolves that aren't part of the founders group of journals. Enough with the journals. (laughs) And do you think, when do you think Matt's going to find out? I mean, if anything, I think Matt's going to stumble into that information. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh my God, we have to tell Matt about this. He's not really on my list of people who are important to learn about it. Also because no one wants to tell Matt because that's only a quick jump to like, these people are vampires. Your sister wasn't also the vampires who turned her also killed her and they're dating your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Like, that's not a fun conversation. No one wants to have that conversation with him. Yeah, for Matt, it's much more loaded. So what about our parental figures? Jenna, the sheriff, Mrs. Lockwood. When do you think they're going to find out if they will? Do you think they're going to find out about supernatural creatures? Well, I think Mrs. Lockwood and the sheriff are going to be real curious about what happened to the mayor. I think that's a really weird situation that no one was expecting. To be fair, Mrs. Lockwood and the sheriff both know about supernatural creatures, but they don't know who all everyone is. Who is, yeah. I think there is potential depending on kind of how things go with Catherine or other villains, that it might become useful for Damon to tell the sheriff, like, hey, I'm a vampire. But I'm on your side, gal. But I'm on your side. But the sheriff seems to be more ready for that, like, not right now, but in the right circumstance, because even she was like, no, we are not killing all these vampires just to like, uh, like, and baiting with the whole town to do that. Like, that doesn't make sense. So I think she could be a useful ally and she will probably know at some point. I don't know about when, but I think she will be one of the only people who would know. I mean, she's the easiest one to kind of work with. And what about Jenna? You think she's going to find out? I mean, both Jeremy and Elena know. Oh yeah. It's only a matter of time for Jenna. With Alaric and Jeremy and Elena, and now Catherine is invited in and will likely be hanging out there from time to time. I mean, it's only a matter of time for Jenna. Now, obviously we're going to meet some new characters in season two. Some will be short-lived, some may be longer-lived. Do you think we're going to see any deaths of characters we know in season two? Final or temporary? Of the main ones, I don't think so. Sure. I could see 
maybe some more of the Founders Council. They're easy ones to kill off. But like, I don't think Tyler's going to die. He's got a lot to deal with being a werewolf. I don't think Caroline, Bonnie, Elena, Stefan, Damon, any of them are going to die. I don't think Jeremy's going to die. Mm. Jeremy's the closest to the chopping block that I can think of. Okay. Especially if he transitions. That's... Then he's setting himself of, up. Of all the characters, like, if I had to pick one who was most likely to die, it's probably Jeremy. Sure. Now let's do our reflections on season one. What was your favorite episode of season one? I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with Miss Mystic. Yeah, Falls. that's my favorite. That's a classic. I could, you know, I was going to open up the IMDb and, like, look through all the titles. But, it, I mean, it's got to be that one. Yeah. Haunted is great, too. Haunted is great. That was a really good episode. I do love the episode where they save Stefan from the basement. That one's really good. I like the Lexi episode, but I think Miss Mystic Falls is number one of the season. And the pilot stand the pilot holds up. So who was your saddest death? You've had a you've had a number of sad deaths. I thought it was gonna be a runaway for Vicky. And I think I'm still kind of on that path, but I think Anna might have beat her out this episode. I mean, that one just... Anna was also sadder because Vicky died. So it happened to Jeremy again. Vicky is, I think, the most powerful death of season one. That is the death that defines this season in many ways. But the saddest one for me was Anna. That makes sense. How far Uncle Zach has fallen. He is but a blip in my rearview mirror. Yeah. Who's your favorite couple of season one? And let's say you can't say Delena because they're not together. I wasn't gonna. I will say... This is going to shock some listeners. Stelena. Wow. When I'm looking back on the whole season and especially the, these past couple episodes, like they just seem very in love right now. And like, I know Delena's going to get together and I am team Delena, but I think they've grown so much as a couple in this season and like learned so much about each other and themselves. Like it's a very powerful couple. When you watch this season, it's kind of hard to see how they get the audience to root for Delena long-term, you know? Yeah. It's kind of hard to see how we get out of Stelena in a way that the audience can root for. I've been Team Damon for a long time, but I do think Stelena is the best couple of the season. I mean, I honestly don't think there's any competition. Maybe you could say Lurk and Jenna, but not even. I think, you know, Jeremy and Vicky were a special case. Jeremy and Anna I like, but you can't beat Stelena. Yeah, I agree. And now let's say as our last superlatives, reflections, let's hear least favorite and your favorite character so we'll start with your least favorite pretty much a runaway i think but go ahead it's john oh <laughs> who did you think it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be matt donovan oh no it's john because he killed he killed pearl and anna john all you had to do was meet, beat matt and you couldn't do it yeah now who is your favorite character this one's a little tougher i'm gonna go with damon there's a lot to like in a lot of characters but i just think damon has been has been giving it to us every ball i do want to give a special shout out to my favorite death of the season, uh, which was Stefan killing Ben with a flamethrower. That was incredible. Just one of the best scenes of the season. So that's the end of season one. It's altogether just a fantastic season of television from beginning to end. I mean, this is how you do a teen drama. This is how you do a season of television. I mean, you couldn't have gotten a better first season of a vampire show. And I'm sure that it will go off the rails at some point. They have to add a lot in. I get it. So knowing that there are eight seasons, when do you think this show will go off the rails? I think the magic number is always five. And I think it'll still be good when it falls off the rails. I mean, I watch Riverdale. I, I'm not above it. I like some craziness. But this is just truly wonderful television, wonderful acting, wonderful cast storylines it's got romance it's got horror 
It's got a little bit of comedy. It's it's really got everything you're looking for or that I'm looking for. You're definitely excited for season two. I'm excited for season two and I'm excited that we finished season one so I can go rewatch all of season one. <laughs> but that's the end of season one. We will be back next week with season two so you guys won't have to wait that long on the cliffhanger. Until then, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. There's been a lot to talk about so I know you'll find somebody to write in your review. Yeah, and go ahead and share this podcast with your friends too. If you're having fun, let them let them have some fun too. And make sure you follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. That's it for season one. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.